Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. I'm Tara Crowley, and my current role is OKHR Certification Chair, and Rob Trotter is Sooner HR's President and currently on OKHR's Board. We are connecting with HR leaders in our community and hearing their story and what makes them tick. Hi, Rob. How are you? I am. Um, I'm okay, Tara. I've had my good days. I've had my better days. I'm, I'm kind of riding this right wave of frustration recently. You know, Heidi, Heidi Hartman, she asked me to be this co-host of this <gasps> conference coming up, Resilience, October 25th and 26th at the Artesian. Everybody should book and go. Uh, but I've never done this. And, you know, I, I know we I know we spoke to Natalie, you know, last week. Go back and check that episode. But right. I, I'm still trying to kind of figure this out and work it. So you've been really good at booking top-notch individuals. But if you could just, mm. for me, book somebody that has had, like, co-chair conference experience, it would really, really, really help me out. Please. My <laughs> mind is blown. And not only... Do we have the answer for you on just somebody that you might know? But the solution is here on the podcast. And it is none other than Josh Pluck. So before we get into talking to Josh so that you can get every single answer that you would like to know, Uh uh I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. So Josh recently became a managing partner at Murphy Business Brokerage. However, along with his financial information, he had prior experience as the HR manager at Nordam, which is located in Tulsa. And before that, he worked for Valoric in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And from the fall of 2019 through April of 2021, so a year and a half period, Josh was the co-chair for OKHR's state conference. So he had a long haul of planning for an in-person event and then had to pivot in midlife in order to plan and create a virtual experience in 2021. So Josh is also a usual presenter along with Mike Shaw, who's been one of our prior guests, where they share their personal stories about impacting the lives of others through their vision and volunteerism. And so I'm looking forward to hear about Josh and his roles in HR and also volunteering with OKHR and then helping him um, how these things have helped him to buy and sell businesses and uh, what we as HR practitioners need to know in order um, to keep doing our current roles with this ever-changing business world. So welcome, Mr. Josh Clock. Oh, Josh. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I'm the longest running conference <laughs> chair in OKHR history. <laughs> like next to my children, it's one of my proudest achievements. I mean, like volunteer yeah. the year award, but you know, really, it's the longest running chair that I'm most proud of. <laughs> I and know. Also, Tara, I was saying your name wrong for years. Sorry. Oh, well, that's okay. That's okay. I mean, the only way that I can tell people to say C-R-O-W, how do you say that? And then it helps people to remember. So there you go. So thank you. Thank you for, for admitting that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you we just had um, in April this delightful um, OKHR state conference, but it was virtual. Yes. And it was crazy. And you, in the middle of that, you were busy. You were running in between being there and then doing some other business side stuff. So, holy cow. Yeah, I mean, we came Tell off. It was, that. And with everything else, right, as we went through last year, we were trying to figure out the conference along with everybody else trying to figure everything else out, right? So do we bring the conference back? Do you go back to the office? I mean, those two ran really, you know, in line with each other and, you know, looking back, there just wasn't really a right answer, you know, so we, yeah. we put off, you know, we first put off the conference a couple months and then we put it off a couple more months. And, you know, then we just, we had to draw a line in the sand after, you know, months and months of hand wringing. And, you know, that's where we landed. We're like, well, we're going to take a bunch of people off and, you know, some others are going to be happy and we're just going to do the best we can and move forward. But, you know, we have a better chance of pulling it off online than we did in person. So we just, 
you know, we bit the bullet and we pivoted and, you know, I, the team was amazing. I would like to say it was all sunshine and rainbows. Like it, it wasn't, I mean, it just, you know, it was hard from a sponsor standpoint. It was hard from a right. standpoint, but uh, you know, our team internally was great. Greg Hawks, you know, who helped us put it on was amazing. Uh, the platform we were using Hoova was amazing. So, you know, we really, in the end, yeah, we kind of stood there those days and we're like, man, it almost seems like we know what we're doing here. So, you know, we, <laughs> we pulled it off and, uh, you know, hopefully set the stage for some things we can use in the future. And I think we're going to use some of those for tribal this year. So, you know, we're excited. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, you know, it, I think with anything with a conference or learning anything new, it's also dependent on the person who is the learnee. It's like, how much input do you want to give in order to take what is being given to you? And so you gave a great opportunity for people to get a ton of credits. And so I know, I don't know when this one will be published, but until August, is that correct? That people can still go back onto their Whova app and listen or watch or any of those um, presentations. So that that's huge. That's not available or was not available for that for a conference that was in person. So and sure. anyway, so thank you for making that happen. I know we kind of jumped into that, but you know, that was a big deal. And so thank you very much for, for creating that space and, and helping us to gain, you know, credits um, that we need in order to keep our certification up. Yes. So, See how I did that? <laughs> so, tie back. Uh, yeah, there you go. Josh, um, let me back up. And, you know, so so people, we introduced you, but can you tell us about your background and what you currently do and how it led to what you're doing now? Because I think there's HR perspectives and then business and financial stuff too and how all of it ties together. Yes. So I started off just to go really way back and I'll, I'll do my best to keep it as quick as possible. Um, I started in a really traditional HR jumping off point. So I was a kinesiology major and I started as a division one women's basketball coach. And so kinesiology, what I like to tell people is sports <laughs> management. Um, but there was a couple of years in there where they wanted to make it sound more professional. So I graduated in this small window where they called it kinesiology, but none of the jocks could spell it. So after a couple of years, they went back. And, you know, now if you graduate, it's, it's sports management. So uh, I was with Towson University women's basketball program for a couple years and uh, a lot of fun, but we were starting a family and it just wasn't a good family business. Um, you know, I had a mentor that was super old at the time. He's probably like 40 looking back, you know, and, but he said, you know, I've, I never get more than a six month lease. You know, the wind changes, you lose your job. Uh. The coach changes, you lose your job. You know, you're on the road all the time. So I pivoted, uh, which is really kind of my intro into HR, uh, into staffing for recreation management. So we've been run six flags types of facilities, um, you know, YMCAs, things like that, you know, do all the turnkey staffing for those. So I did that for uh, really 15 years, we did a international uh, recruiting program as part of that. So I recruited internationally for a bunch of years and left that. That was actually in Baltimore, uh, where I was born and raised. Left that to move to Oklahoma to help some friends start a church. Um, again, just very dialed into HR. It's a very specific. Um, so I came out as executive pastor. I took over that church for a couple of years uh, until we merged. The whole time I was working in HR, um, you know, the church was just of that size where, you know, it wasn't, it couldn't support, you know, a full-time pastor. So I did that, but, you know, was in HR uh, all those years. And then that church merged, I stepped down and uh, again, just kind of kept my HR journey. You know, I've been through a number of different things. I worked in oil and gas, gaming. Uh, What I'm doing now is on the consulting area, mainly in two areas primarily. One is uh, selection for high growth companies. So how do you hire the right people at the right time? You know, and make sure they're doing the right things, mm. especially for those companies, again, that are growing really fast. And then the other is uh, HR integration into operations. So the way I like to explain that is a lot of times, you know, corporate will go, and set your goals for the year. And they could say, Hey, we want to measure these KPIs and 
we want to decrease the cost of non-quality and, you know, we want to see improvements in these areas. And then HR goes out and says, you know, we want to increase our happiness quotient by, you know, three points, you know, as evidenced by surveys. Well, how do we make those two match, right? You know, your, your people, you know, are one of your largest two expenses, usually buildings and people are going to be your, your top, you know, your two top tickets. So how do we make sure those people, you know, and where HR is going merges with operations. So that kind of seat at the table type thing. Um, and how does that make sense? That's what I do now. And some other stuff, real estate, businesses, help them in operations. Um, okay, this is fascinating because Tara I do, you know, I teach. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, you know, this is fascinating because, you know, there is always a disconnect with here's operations and here's HR and here's what are your goals. Can you give us an a, a example of how you helped, I mean, obviously make that, but how you help tie a business so that they could realize the benefit of tying those two together and, and working together? Yeah, it's, it's mainly a it's a language thing and how you set your goals. So I think first you have to match the language together, right? Because now currently they're speaking, you know, a little bit different language, which makes it hard to match, but really at the core, it's going to be the same. So, you know, happy employees are going to be more productive employees, you know, which are going to feed into those areas. So, you know, it's a combination where you have to bring HR over a little bit to say, hey, the company has to make a lot of money and be wildly successful for you to have a job. And you have to bring the corporate side over to say, hey, we're not a, you know, a mindless machine. You know, you keep your employees happy. You make it a good place to work. You do your best to make sure we're moving on all cylinders. You're taking care of the whole person. And that's going to, you know, increase your profits in the long run. So it's bringing those two together, you know, merging the goals, starting out with some smaller goals where, you know, we may want to, this is a one that we hit a lot of times, you know, what, what programs can we add that reduces absenteeism, for example, right? So that's a really easy one. You reduce absenteeism, you know, you run more product or cover more areas, right? Whatever it is, um, you know, finding staff is a hot button issue right now. Uh, you know, so how do you reduce absenteeism that goes into your recruiting and all that other stuff. So Stuff like that are some pretty easy levers that, you know, really impact the business bottom line, cuts down on overtime, for example, um, keeps employees from being overworked, all those types of things. So, Josh, what programs or what kinds of things can you do to help keep or decrease absenteeism? What are some examples? Yeah. So, um, you know, the increase in telemedicine, for example, you know, is one that we pushed, right? Um, you know, we've worked with, I would say everything from easy levers like that to we've worked with daycare systems, you know, we've worked with um, learning centers locally, you know, anything that we can use to provide more resources to employees. Um, you know, we've partnered with stores to do shopping. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are out mm -hmm. there that just haven't been merged with the company. Right. So, you know, again, there's everything again from telemedicine to really all the services you know financial services health services um you know family services so bringing all those together kind of under one roof and keeping the resources easy for people to find you know helps have helps to have all those things at your fingertips so you don't have to take time away from some of that stuff i've, I've got one for you i don't know if you yeah. do this or not but i'd like to contribute to this yeah, the please. big reason why I miss work is because I have to take my dogs to the groomer or I have to take them to the vet. It's just yeah. a big, big time burden on me. So uh, ease mm -hmm. that. And I'm at work 90% more of the time. And how many employers <laughs> look at that? I mean, right. That's a good point. You know, how many employers, and that is something that could be pretty easily fixable, you know? So yes, it's all things like that. I mean, that's not usually really big problems that, that help it's, it's small things that, you know, make big, you know, create big results. Yeah. Can I make an observation? Yeah. Josh, I did not realize that you had been a women's basketball coach. So number one, I'm super excited that we have done this just to learn that one fact. <laughs> but then secondly, do you think that that has, because we were talking to you before we started recording about how you're very um, calm 
Mm-hmm. And do you think that being a coach prepped you to be that way? Because as a coach, you can't show a whole bunch of emotions sometimes, I think. I mean, I guess you can, but I just think that. No. I don't know. The coach so like, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, I have no emotion except for coaching. Like second grade, I'm out there like through the roof. Like if nice. you would see me on the sideline, you'd not know who I am. Like I, I even this weekend, my wife is, you know, my son plays AAU. And I'm just on the rest, nod, stop. She's like, you need to stop that. Like, they're, yes. So, no, it's, it's Take a the, seat. yeah, it's the only time it's when I play opposite. or when I coach, yeah, that I have like zero cap on my emotion. I don't know why. Oh, this is so good. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I would love to hear more about coaching stories because I think that, do you see, the coaching experience helped you whenever you were an HR practitioner in dealing with people. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things I think I've carried through is that team, that team atmosphere. Right. So even when I talk about, you know, a lot, what I'm doing now, which is putting people in the right seats on the bus, you know, that's, that's the same, really, you could boil that down to the same team concept, right? We need the right people playing the right positions for the team to win. So, you know, that that's really that same thing. And that's really been carried over um, through all these years. And it, and it is a big focus. So I think from that standpoint, um, you know, another, again, to tie this back to OKHR, you know, I work with Heidi and Dixie on Disrupt. You know, I love working on the team there. You know, I love working with Heidi and Mike and OKHR. You know, the team environment is something that I've always really thrived on. And I work way better in that than um, you know, more of a more of a siloed type situation. Yeah. Um, I, I look at coaching from, you know, little kids to, to my kids, to adults. And, you know, it's just, how do you influence them? How do you get them excited? How do you help them to be their best? And, you coached at a college level. And so I would think that there were persons, I mean, whenever you're coaching a six-year-old, they don't care. A 20-year-old is a little bit different. They have a different attitude. So how did that When the When you're coaching work? the six-year-olds, the parents have the 20-year-olds attitude. So <laughs> still get that. You're not, you're not free. <laughs> Of that attitude. Yeah. So yes, everybody's yeah. okay. they go all in. Um what was your question? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just making an observation. I, I anyway, I think I do have a question about I know that you're a managing partner with your group now and that you help with businesses and at the conference you were looking at purchasing a hotel, which was I mean, I'm kind of like, this is mind blowing. This is exciting. You're handling haunted HR one. and then you're also businesses. Oh yeah. I haunted one. Did you guys haunted get hotel. it? They were still talking about it. So it's, it's oh, summer season. I forgot so, the haunted part. Yeah. So we were trying to push it before it got really into the summer season. So we could, you know, benefit from some of that. So now we've put it on the back burner and we've, we've got to revisit it in the fall. So we're still talking to them. Talk to them this week. Um, hopefully fingers crossed. Um, I emotionally am all in on it, which is bad. Yes, so it could be the shining. It could be the shining too. Yes, it's amazing. Yes. It's an amazing hotel. Yeah, <laughs> the shining too. The movie. Sorry. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, do you think that what you're doing here? That I know I keep going back to HR experience, but do you think that HR practitioner experience helps you make decisions in what you're doing with what you're doing now, from business standpoint, and also dealing with people and in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. So on the Murphy side, you know, we very similar to the HR, we talked to a lot of businesses that, you know, are, let's say they're mom and pops that are getting to retire. They're small to medium sized businesses that are getting to retire and they just don't have all of those things set up. So, you know, we go in and mm-hmm. that's the same type of thing we do. You know, we talk about succession planning, you know, we talk about getting your finances in order. We talk about, uh, you know, process improvement and payroll and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it is, it, it's almost seamless, um, you know, for the things that we hit on those areas because nobody that we talk to 5% maybe are ready, you know, 95%, there's something, 
you know, that again, to, for their benefit, so they can sell their business at a higher price, you know, and, and be able to separate cleaner and all that stuff. So 95% of them see, need something usually linked to HR. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, people are people. And if you're in business, you're in business with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what in your career um, lights your fire? I like, you know, all those things I talked about. I'm in a great position now where I get to really focus on some of those things, you know, so I've been over the years, you know, in a lot of operational HRs, employee relations type roles. uh, And I've really enjoyed Mm -hmm. that. I enjoy benefits a little bit less. So, you know, I'm fortunate at this point that I've been able to get to the point where, uh, you know, I can have somewhat, you know, be a little more selective with that thing. But Really, I like high growth companies. I love entrepreneurship. So whenever I can combine the two, that's that's really some of my favorite work. Um, just because I'm a little, you know, Mike and I get along. Mike yeah. Shaw and I get along because we're both a little bit squirrels, and you know, go from thing to thing a lot. And and shiny objects are pretty attractive. So uh, you know, anytime <laughs> I can stay in that, you know, in that range, I like to do that. So, Josh. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike doesn't listen to this podcast. So please tell us a story about working with Mike that uh, he'd find particularly embarrassing. <laughs> oh. There's a lot going through my head. I'm not sure where to, I wish I would have thought about this one. I may have to circle back to this. I've known Mike a really long time. I met him originally at church, uh, at the church we launched when he was up in Tulsa. He lived here for a while before he moved back to, to run for office. Um, let me circle back to that one. I'll, I'll try to think of a good Let the one. subconscious feed it. We want to hear yeah. what we'll come, come yeah. back. Yeah. I've known Mike for a long time. Well, We've hung out a long time. <laughs> you and I think my assessment of you, Josh, is that you are a big picture person. Just period the end. You're a big picture person. And so, and then Mike, like you mentioned, is a big picture person. And so I can't, I mean, you guys have created big things. I mean, of some conferences and doing different stuff, but I also know you did, you have done a presentation together. Can Mm -hmm. you tell us about what that presentation is about? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And I tell people like I'm a yes until I'm a no. So I will say yes to a lot of things, (laughs) which leads to quite honestly, wasting a lot of time just to be really transparent. It's not super (laughs) sexy, but, you know, occasionally in all of those yeses, there's some really neat things that we pull off and, you know, (laughs) sometimes you're surprised. We surprise even ourselves. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm normally when I talk to Heidi or I talk to Mike or I talk to Greg and we're like, Hey, let's do a nationwide tribal conference and, you know, bring together all of these other States and create something that's a, you know, a leading, you know, tribal conference, native conference in the U S yeah, why not? Let's go, let's do it. Let's put some thought behind it and let's, let's see what we can pull off. And it, and it just starts with that, you know, hopefully not too much drinking so we can keep the, keep the idea somewhat <laughs> realistic. Um, but then we just go and, and, and again, it's just a yes until we run into a, you know, a really big wall. And if we can get around it, we get around it. And if we can't, we just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we stop. So. Um, I think at the 2019 state conference, didn't you guys do a specific mm-hmm. presentation together? Yep. So we do a uh, presentation called fostering engagement. So uh, Mike and I, again, kind of uniquely, uh, he was adopted and I'm adopted and we have both adopted. So uh, my daughter that is two and a half now, um, Mike goes all in, like again, with a lot he mm-hmm. does. So he really adopts, like he's, there is not a time usually when he's not fostering somebody. Uh, we did not go quite in, quite as heavy as Mike and his wife, who is an, you know, just amazing person. Um, but yeah, I was adopted. My brother's adopted. So that's something that's always been a part of our, uh, you know, family and, and all that stuff I've always known. And then we have a 20 year old, my wife and I have a 20 year old, a 13 year old, and then a two and a half year old. So, uh, we fostered her, we picked her up from the hospital, fostered her through uh, DHS for 13 months and then adopted her. Um, so she, you know, toddlers are a young man's game. Um, 
I'm way too old. Like I tell everybody, I have a very definitive ceiling on my energy level. Like it's just there. And she has no ceiling. She just, there's no ceiling to a two and a half year old's energy level. Um, but she is, you know, she's amazing. She's hopefully will keep me young or put us in the grave. One of those two. We'll see. <laughs> What's the best part about her? Uh, she is both of our older boys, two boys and a girl. Um, the boys were both, you know, pretty shy and she is, she owns every space she goes into. Like there is no shyness. Uh, There's no fear. Uh, like she will walk into a room of grownups and start talking to you, you know, as if you went way back and uh, yeah. So yeah. She'll talk to strangers. To I mean, there's I no, yeah, there's no stranger danger. There's none of that. Like she just, she owns it. So it keeps us on our toes constantly. Um, you know, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go. Let's. We talked about personal, and so um, want to also keep this light. But tell us about in business what your favorite tool is of how how you get about and how is it applied. Yeah. So we do. Uh, I do what's. I kind of call a team talent checklist. And what it is, is it's really just mapping out where your business is going over the next six to 12 months and how do I identify people. And that's what I was a little bit talking about a lot. That uh, oh. is what I do. So, you know, we will look at your business and see what type of planning cycle you're on. So some businesses, you know, it makes more sense to do 12 months. Some businesses, it makes more sense to do six months. And we just do, it's a, basically a process map with people right? So where do we stand today? You know, what seats do we identify in six to 12 months? And then really simply, right? It's almost like stick figures. You know, we draw lines. How do we get there? You know, do we match where we want to go today? You know, and if we do, that's awesome. You know, let's make sure that, you know, because it goes into a couple different things. So, you know, if you have somebody that's a great performer today and you see them in a seat, where six months, you're still going to need that seat and they're still going to be a great performer. Sometimes we tend to overlook those employees and they get unhappy and leave um, because they're doing really good now. You're still going to need it. So you're not going to give that area a lot of attention. So we highlight those areas and make sure that you're taking care of those employees, you know, and, and that they're being recognized. You know, maybe that's financial, maybe that's some other areas. And for the people that aren't an exact match, you know, what do we need to do to get them there? So is it a 70 or 80% match and we need to add some training, you know, so that we can upskill this employee, you know, or we need to add something else to their toolkit or vice versa. Is there some areas that are going away that, you know, we, we need to re-outfit them to be ready for, or, you know, the third part of that is this is a seat that we don't see being filled by any of our current team members. And let's start a reasonable recruitment process so that we're not doing it at the last minute, you know, so let's, let's take our time. So we're not under the gun and do it correctly. Is this a, is this the 18 talent checklist? Is this something you all developed or is this a normal national program? I'm not so. that smart. So I probably stole it in some form from somebody, <laughs> you know, or, or recreated it over the years, but I don't know of anybody that specifically okay. uses this, you know, I've definitely kind of spun it, but. I'm sure I did not mm -hmm. come up with it, but I'm not sure who to credit for it. Okay. And, you know, right now you're talking about talent, recruit, all these things that are burning questions from people in HR and actually businesses across the U.S. Mm -hmm. because of things that have happened and that, um, you know, I was just reading an article that said it's not that there's a talent shortage. It's just that the jobs are looking different right now for what people want to do or maybe they're potentially changing roles. What are you seeing and how are you combating this for people who are a businesses who need employees or persons that you know that are looking? Yeah. So for, for some businesses, it just kind of sucks, right? Like if you're, <laughs> maybe I should say that more professionally, but if you are not, it's hard. It's hard for some businesses. It's hard. You know, if you are set up to be really analog, right. And you don't really, and we hear employee employers don't trust their employees. Really. That means you don't have good processes in place that transfer well to, uh, you know, to 
work from home or, you know, more of a decentralized standpoint, right? If you had good processes, then some of those boxes could be checked or it's really shown a light on some people that maybe are overstaffed. And that's not something that a lot of people like to talk about, but, you know, that's another thing that's, that's kind of come through last year in the pandemic. You know, there's, there's some portion of wasted time in offices, you know, and, and that's high been highlighted a little bit over the last year. Um, but how it applies, you know, definitely looking at your systems, making sure that your systems are good and able to be transferred over to work from home. You know, you need to increase some areas uh, like communication that maybe we didn't need to work as hard on. So you need to over communicate uh, in those areas and then really make sure that the job duties line up. So the team talent checklist honestly works really well for that um, because it can, you can really easily do that from a work from home standpoint. You know, it helps you identify what jobs you need. And, and again, you just look at who you have that can fill those. Understood. So what are you surprised about or what surprises you in HR? That they're really not all monsters. I'm just kidding. That's yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I think that's true. I think that people look at HR as like, we're the bad. This is where all the bad things happen. Yes. People are bad. And, you know, but by golly, HR has great stories. We can tell yes. you some really good stories. But that's right. I mean, it's for the most part, the bad part is, you know, what, 10%, 5%. It's not a huge percent. It's just, there's a percent, but right. that's what HR sometimes gets to see the most of. Yeah. And all of us, right. Say, what do you do? I'm an HR. Ooh, you know, you hear, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the principal's office vibe, but you know, I would yeah. say over the years, right. It's, it's that, like you said, by and large, the majority of people are, are, good people working to do the best things they can, you know, for the people, you know, yeah. most of the people that, you know, that I know and we share a lot of the connections so that, that we all know, you know, are good people trying to do good things, you know, for both the companies and the people. So, you know, that's, I wouldn't say it's mm -hmm. a surprise, but that's what, you know, keeps me going. That's what I enjoy. That's what I enjoy about mm -hmm. OKHR, you know, and, and the people I get to work with. It's because they are cool people, you know, doing really cool things. What area in HR do you like the best? Benefits. Benefits. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> I, would, I get so nervous doing benefits. It's just, I know people that are that do benefits. I, I'm trying, again, to be really HRE, which is unlike me, but I don't know why. No, we want you to be, we want you to be Josh. No, I, I want I you to be Josh. My, these are my friends. I care what these okay. people think. Um, <laughs> So uh, well, uh, what area do I like the best? I forgot the question. Yeah. Um, employee relations, you know, like I said, employee relations, uh, entrepreneurship, those types of things are, are again, yeah. they're my favorite areas. Do you have a good, do you have a good story you can share with us of employee relations, whether it's the seedy kind or the happy promotional kind? One of my, I would say awakening moments is, uh, you know, I was in oil and gas for a number of years and oil and gas is really cyclical. So, you know, there were some, some boom years and then there were, you know, almost like clockwork. So there was a couple of years where I just spent the year flying around the country, letting people go. And it was pretty miserable. Um, but you know, on one of the good years, we had one of those times where we were really trying to focus on making sure our employees knew they were appreciated um, you know, making sure that we were taking care of them, making sure that we were doing extra things. So one of the things I did was, uh, you know, we had gotten donuts. So I went, there's Hertz donuts in Tulsa. I don't know if you guys have had mm -hmm. that, but you know, so I got up at four in the morning, I got all these Hertz donuts and I took them down and I stood at the gate. We were at a plant, like a manufacturing plant. So I stood at the gate and I was handing out donuts. Everybody was so freaked out because they're like, <laughs> When, when HR stands at the gate, that is never a good thing. So, you know, what was, what we had all this planning and all this work just to like, we're going to knock this out of the park. They're going to love this so much, you know, they just did the gate and they're like, oh my God, this is it. You know, this is the day. 
And it was just, yes, it was just such a miss because you don't want to see HR at the gate. And, uh, you know, that was just a moment for me to say, you know what, I've got to, you got to open my eyes a little bit more and be, you know, a little bit more aware of of the context. (laughs) I think that was a good learning lesson. And I bet somebody else could give us a story of the same thing that had occurred to them where they had a miss. So, oh. Maybe the that should be day, a question, Rob. We should ask. <laughs> the second day, I just put him in the break rooms with a note. <laughs> just took me out of the picture. <laughs> it worked out a lot better. They loved the donuts. They were really popular. I was the issue. Well, Josh, so, so what we can learn here is that you're a quick learner. Yes, and I'm the problem. Either one of those will work. <laughs> yes. Either, either I ruin people's okay. life. Oh, so we should start with thanks. Josh is not all that bad. Yes. Go to the first part of that question. That's your open. That's your cold open. Yeah. Josh is not that bad. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's our takeaway. Uh, I'm underlining it twice. (laughs) Uh, So, what, well, what makes somebody smart in HR? I, you know, I think a little bit it's changed over the years. So I've been primarily in HR from, you know, either staffing or HR-ish from around 98. Um, so I think over the years it's changed a little bit. You know, what I think now is the stuff that Heidi works on, right? Your EQ um, and your emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, right? I think that's really the area. I think the people that excelled in that area before it was, you know, there was more training around it and more focus on it. Uh, like there is now, you know, those were the ones that you traditionally saw more successful. Um, but I, I really think that's probably the big determiner, you know, how do you connect with everyone in the organization? How do you make sure that HR is moving in the same direction? Uh, you know, and, and that it's symbiotic and everybody's helping each other out. Yeah. Josh, I got a kind of a Tim Ferriss question here. In talking yeah. to you, I'm just uh, a little in awe here. You know, you've got all kinds of stuff going on. You're, you're, you're busy personally, professionally. You're doing all this volunteering, um, you know, with the three kids, the radio show, the job and stuff. So uh, talk to me about some of your processes that, that mm-hmm. you have personally that uh, uh, keeps all this stuff in line. You know, what, what time do you wake up? What books do you read? How do you, how do you find the time to keep up? on all this and, and be as current on the events as you are. I would like to say that I do it really well. I don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do have processes. I'm a, I'm a super list guy. You know, I've got in, in the different businesses, we do uh, once a week meetings, you know, with all my key people. So, uh, you know, on the Murphy side, you know, and some of the real estate side, uh, I have a VA company. We didn't talk about that yet. So we have a Philippine VA company. Um, you know, so we do weekly meetings that are on, uh, you know, with our key people. And we really try to highlight, you know, I really like the traction, um, you know, the traction method. So we try to identify three to five key areas. And let's just see movement in those couple areas. Um, I track them just, you know, I like to do list. I like uh, monday.com. So we use some really just general tools like that where, the team communicates Slack, um, you know, where we communicate, we have everything, we can uh, assign it to different people. Um, but really that that's it, you know, just even on the best days, I mean, they all, it's kind of Murphy's law, right? They all grind down at the same time. So all the plates end up in the air at the same time, even, you know, as, as much as we try to plan it and space it out. Yeah. And it just, yeah, but that's, you know, I do, I'm, I'm a list person. Um, you know, I try to really focus and not get into certain areas, like to stay in my lane. You know, I think that can be a challenge and it's something I've worked on for a long time because I used to be really controlling and you really limit yourself and really limit, you know, what the businesses can do. I'm just not good at a whole lot. Um, and there's people that are a lot better than me. So, you know, how I can do my best to stay, working on the areas that I'm good at and let other people, you know, do the same in their areas. Before book, we round this out. I was going to say books I listen to at 1.5 speed. So 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. I haven't done that yet. Rob has already talked about that. Right. You, yeah. Rob listens to that double. Yeah, I, I try. Except Mike Shaw's. Can't listen to him at double. But uh, everybody else I do, yeah. At some point, it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's getting like the, yeah, it, I think it depends on the person, right? Yeah, some you can do. Some people talk so slow. I mean, they probably have a nine-hour book that you could do in four if you just talk normally. So those those will wear you down. You can you can turn them way up. Do you think it has to do with uh, your intelligence of how quickly you can absorb that? Just asking. Like I'm really asking honestly. I think for me, you know, I like podcasts because I think books are a lot of fluff sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. so I think there's. You know, I'll go to Blinkist or other stuff like that because it really drills down. You know, I don't think necessarily you need all of the personal stories and you can take out all the fluff. And I really want the meat of, you know, those couple core concepts that they want you to leave with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you yeah. fast forward through the rest. Yeah, uh, I get what you're saying because there's you and I have talked about it. We've talked about Enneagram, right, mm-hmm. Josh, you and mm-hmm. I did. And so I've listened to it on podcasts. I've listened to where it was an overview. I've listened to it where it was one number per per um, episode. But then I've listened to a book and I was like, get through this, right. get through it. But there was more meat. So, but I get, I understand what you're saying there. All right. Can you, before we round out with all of this questions, because we've asked you a lot of questions, we've taken up a lot of your time. Tell us right now, all of your jobs. No, all of your jobs like that you are currently doing today, like your radio. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to miss any of this because we did not get it all in your introduction. Okay. Yeah, let's go. HR consulting, Murphy business brokerage, uh, real estate investing, apartment investing, uh, Four. Ra- radio show. We own the Five. Tulsa RIA, which is a real estate investing organization. Sylvan Learning Centers, which we did not talk about. Uh, a virtual assistant company. <laughs> I think that's it. Eight. Oh. All okay, right. HR You're Secret Board member. I'm also, I don't have a <laughs> yeah. specific role. What? I just tell Heidi I'm her henchman. So if she needs anybody like taking <laughs> out in the backyard, I'm in. I'm not, not currently tied to a company, so I have a little bit more flexibility. <laughs> All right. Heads, heads on the pillows, things like that. Oh my gosh. All right. This this has been enlightening and a, and a joy. And disrupt have HR. We I forgot about anything. disrupt disrupt HR. I forgot about okay, that. Okay, so then there's nine. Eight eight plus nine. <laughs> wow. That's exhausting. So kudos. Kudos to you. Is there anything that we've not fish. talked about? Yeah, like I don't have a lot of hobbies. So I don't like I need okay. to, yeah, you know, I need so, to golf or fish or you know. Still, I I feel somewhat inadequate and feel like I need to go out and uh, you know <laughs> ask for more to be put on my already full plate. I wouldn't recommend ask it. for like four more jobs. <laughs> right, right. This this is where the philosophy of saying yes gets you. It's not best, <laughs> but it can be fun. Wow, it can be fun. Yes. All right. Do you, you want to talk about Sylvan at all? Do you want to tell us about that? Oh, Sylvan Learning Center, we own franchises in Owasso, Oklahoma City, and Edmond. Uh, it's supplemental education, so reading, math. We do some advanced level stuff, but yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Okay. Okay. We're going to round this out. We've been very pleased to hear about the multi-job, multi-talented, multi-volunteerist. Volunteerist. Yes. Josh. Let's Block. use it. So, yeah, volunteerist. We've yes. created a new word. Mm-hmm. It's we're Heidiisms 2.0. <laughs> um, yeah. So we 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 like to ask very short, pointed questions. So don't think too much about them. We want to get your honest reaction. But these are kind of our end all questions. Are you ready? Are these on the list? No. Wow. They are like, not on, on the, the list. list. This is why we didn't put them on the list. We want you to just go yes, no. All right. So in the number one, in the past year, what has been a revelation 
to you about yourself and or that you've done differently? Um, I've tried to be more human because that wasn't how I, like, I, I am more robotic. I have no emotion. I've tried to fix that. <laughs> I've tried to move the needle. I haven't fixed it. Is that what that means? Be more human, be more, yes. uh, show more emotion. Okay. Yes. So we need to get you on the basketball court. Yeah. The baby humanizes <laughs> me. So she makes me look not like okay. the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I lost my ear. Um, what mantra do you use for yourself and like to share with others? I, I think I referenced it already. Like I'm a yes until I'm a no. I'll try. Like that. I'll try a lot of things. Okay. I'm writing that down. So copying from Brene Brown's podcast, she asked, and so we're asking you, what do most people get wrong about you? Um, I don't talk a lot. So I, you know, I don't, I, I don't really get to know people very much. So I, I don't know what they get wrong. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm stoked about that. You, you, guys, you, tell us. you guys know me. What do, what do you think you got wrong? Can I turn the tables on that? Like, I am curious. Well, I knew you were busy, but I didn't know. I think I'm pleasantly surprised about all of the things that you do do. So I know you from the HR perspective and that you had been in, uh, you know, worked for different businesses, but I didn't know some of the background of coaching and uh, I'd seen Sylvan, but, you know, just some of those things that I think are, that's fascinating. Yeah. You're multi-layered. You're my like 20, I was going to say my 20-year-old says I look like I'm always ready to punch somebody in the face <laughs> and I'm not, so that could be a surprise. You're, you're like fine. you're like this just this quiet warrior out there getting all this kind of stuff done with no 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 one really realizing or seeing it, just this kind of quiet guy and uh yeah, you you got a lot going on. You're I just uh, like to do fun things with my friends. That's what I that's what I try to do. That's what puts it on yeah. my plate. Lots of fun things with friends. Rob, I like what you just said. That may be the lead into the podcast. The quiet warrior. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that, that sounds too sexy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Josh, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? Do you have time to watch TV? I do a little bit. <laughs> right? Um, okay. I like funny TV Good. shows. Um, you know, I like Archer. I like Fresh Off the Boat. Um, you know, I I think we have a lot of stress on our plate. So when I go home, I don't really like to watch dramas or anything scary or anything like that. So I'll trend to watch anything that's that's funny and amusing. Shit's Creek, um, you know, everything in those bucket. Any, anything that's funny, I'm in. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last question is what book or podcast has had the most profound effect on you and how did it change you? Or you can just list podcasts that you like to listen to. I'm going to say Heidi's upcoming book, but she won't finish writing it and launch it. But um, mm. I like tools of Titans. Uh, you mentioned Tim Ferriss. That was really good. Uh, Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, trying to think of some other ones. I mean, I'm kind of a business and entrepreneur geek, so I like all those things. You know, I like Marcus Buckingham stuff. I like uh, Strengths Finder. You know, any anything that falls into those categories, I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. The Strength Finder part. Mm -hmm. um, and it was short. Okay. That's our point about a lot of fluff. Is pretty short, so you could get through it and just get the good stuff out. Yeah. Okay. Well, Josh, this has been a treat. Thank you, guys. It has been. We've had a had a ball. So, how can people connect with you? They can't. With your because <laughs> you're too busy. To, too busy. To somebody. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably just through all the social networks are probably the easiest things. 
go visit my TikTok. Okay. Okay. So Josh Plock, P L O C H. You have a TikTok? Yep. I do. Do you do you play your oldest isn't your oldest son a musician? Yes, he's a drummer. He's out in LA right now, actually, for a show. First one since COVID. We're all very excited, yeah. He posted some That's pictures awesome. of them them uh practicing and they all look very excited to be finally doing a show <laughs> okay well that's awesome so tell him we wish him well i will so do you need to give him a shout out on here no he won't listen he tells me anything <laughs> i send him to read he won't read i i oh i just listened to a tim ferris podcast and the person he was talking to said you're you just connected the dots for me they said your family and your friends never listen or read anything that you ask them to do. And true. Yes. Yeah. I don't think my wife's ever listened to my radio show ever. (laughs) She gets to listen to you anyway, Josh. She gets enough. There's only so much you can take. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so fun. This has been so fun and so enlightening. And we thank you so much that you have taken the time to visit with us and Yes. Rob, anything else? That's that's that. Well, I mean, did the subconscious bring up anything on on Mike Shaw? No, oh, I don't leave thank it. Thank you for circling back. No, I don't. No, that's all right. Well, we'll, we'll get him later. You know, we'll he doesn't listen anyway. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for your time. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Right. Thank you. See you later. Bye.